You know, I just tweeted a few minutes ago about the fact that I haven't been recorded for over a month. And I think part of what happens is that every single time that I get out of a groove, it becomes very difficult for me to come back and get into one. I start overthinking things, um, come up with a topic that I think would make for an interesting show, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, mill it around in my head and eventually decide that this is not something that I am really passionate about, so what's the point? And I have a long list of notes, both on my phone and on my note taker here, about episodes that I wanted to give to you all, but that I never got around to do because I didn't think that they were worthy of the time. Also, I think, well, I know over the course of the last month, I have been listening to a lot of podcasts. If you are listening to this and you have one, more often than not, I have been listening to yours. I've also been obsessed with movies, and it's been the holidays, and there's been a lot of craziness going on around the house. And so those are things that have prevented me from recording, finding the time, listening to others, not caring enough about certain topics to sit down and record them. But what I'm realizing truly as I sat here this morning typing away and talking furiously about how I need to get back to recording, I realized that I've just been making excuses, mostly because I have not been happy with the sound of my voice recently. I haven't liked what I have to say as of late. I like what I type. I don't like how I sound. And whenever I'm about to put on the headphones, hit the record button, all of these insecurities about the sound of my voice uh, plague me and eventually stop me from, from recording and talking to you. But one of the interesting things that I did this morning I, is I said, fuck it, why don't I just put the head, your head jack into the phone, press the record button, and say something to you all, anything, just anything, to get back into the groove of getting things. So... This is not going to be one. Of, this is not going to be a long episode by any means of the imagination. Which, for some of you, all know that once I get going, sometimes I won't shut up for 20-25 minutes. But I do mean this to be just a placeholder, or actually no, a kickstart to what will be a 20-20 years worth of recordings. A way for me in my head to say I started the ball rolling, and now that it has. I owe it to myself and I owe it to the audience and the people that I care about that listen to this show for them to know that I haven't left, that, I am, that I'm coming back, that there are more stories to tell. So with that being said, first and foremost, let me start off with Happy New Year to you. I am glad that we are here. And it's interesting, as I record this eight days into January, I realize that our world has not start you know has not started in the best of ways. Unfortunately for our country here in the US, we've we've and, and I do say we because we are a country of people together in regard regardless of the fact that I don't care for this president. Uh, it is we the people that do things in, in under the under the umbrella of one flag. So we, the people of the United States, have started a conflict with another country and although I am not the most educated person about, you know, world affairs, I feel like a lot of what we did was just for the sheer 
purpose of focusing attention from an impeachment that has already happened. I think that the powers that be have manipulated and created a situation to get us involved in a conflict that we really didn't need to be involved with at this point in time. I'm not saying that there are bad people in the world. Obviously that there are. But did we need to do this now? And as far as the math that I can do in my very uneducated brain, it does not make sense for us to be involved in this when there are other troubles in the world. Like what? Well, I know that Australia is on fire. And being from California and having seen the state that I, that I love uh, in our neighboring state, Oregon, because we were there a couple of years ago and we saw what the fires did to, to that state, to know that there's another place in the world, another massive chunk of land in the world being destroyed and eaten by fires, it breaks my heart. Every single time that I go on the Twitter machine and, and, I, and I read about the, 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 the people displaced and, and also the number of animals. I mean, everybody talking about the koalas and the kangaroos, yes, but there are the, the reports I read somewhere were about half a billion animals are gone from the Australian continent. <clears throat> With all the resources, as rich as our country is, as, re as rich as our allies are, the fact that we can't just go for the sake of doing the right thing and go to uh, to Australia and help out in mass, it doesn't make sense to me. But instead, we're starting wars, or we're agitating, we're inching our way towards a war, and for what? With regard to this conflict that that, that may or may not happen, it all depends on how the players act. But I, I will say that in this case, we're certainly the, the the fire starters here. As far as this conflict is concerned, I think about a couple of things. Number one. The families, uh, the, the sons and the daughters that are going to go off to war to fight people from you know, across lands to, to who may sacrifice their livelihoods <clears throat> and for what reason? We're going to take a big chunk of a whole generation of young people for the purpose of what? And I, I, and I tweeted about this too. The fact that I don't give a fuck whether you're on the left or on the right. But especially if you're on the right, which most more likely I am not going to agree with you politically. But even as I may not agree with you politically, I would not want you to lose a son or a daughter to a conflict like this. Their life is too precious to me. And I would hope that their life is too precious to you, too. But a lot of these people that are, hey, this president can do no wrong, and this is the right course of action. Truly, if you believe that, are you willing to sacrifice your sons or your daughters to this? If the answer is no, then you should be honest, and you should let those people that supposedly hear you know that that is not okay with you. But then on the flip side, to the men and women, the and sons and daughters, in, in other parts of the world, where we are now going to escalate and, and ravage countries and, and, and bomb from afar and do all of that, the fact that we are creating the next generation of people that will hate our country, that, that we are going to start that cycle of hatred 
in animosity, in, and for what? And the only answer that I can come up with is that this is to save one's, one man's political aspirations, and that's it. That's the only thing. Now, that is a very simplified um, concept of what's going on in the world. But I think that the, to, to a certain degree, when you, when you take out all of this other noise that's around these issues, I think that's what you got. Just a man who's trying to save himself politically and who is using the, the, the power of his office to kick off conflict somewhere else. And that is dangerous, it is irresponsible, and it, and it says something about our systems of governments where, a, where a, a, a president can do that. Where the power of war no longer rest in the in the electorate or in the in elected officials, the you know the con the Senate and the, and the Congress, where they are the ones that are responsible for for war. That it relies in one person only. It seems under you know, under the umbrella of a commander in chief, and that he can go out there and kick things off and, and in the process destroy the lives of not only men and women in other countries, but men and women in this country that we're supposed to care about. And that's where we're at. And then there's, uh, there's other things around the world. I mean, of course, disaster is, is just part of the natural way of things. But I think that we, we, as a human race, have the ability to tackle a lot of the issues that nature by itself throws at us. But that means that we need to stop focusing on these petty grievances that we have with one another and go out there and help out those that are that are in real need. Ten minutes in uh, from what was supposed to be a short Happy New Year. And aren't you glad that you st stuck around for, for all this long when I'm talking about fire and death and war? But let's, let's, let's keep it positive or let's switch gears and let's, let's stay positive for, for, uh, for the year to come. I, there's a lot of adventures coming uh, to my shores here recently. And there are things that I would like to talk about. First and foremost, I went to the store yesterday. We went to the shoe store uh, before a show that we were going to watch. And it is that time where my son, my oldest, he's, um, you know, he's in his teens. Um, he, it's time for him to get new shoes. And we walked into the place and we started looking and first and foremost, holy shit, I didn't realize how expensive uh, shoes were. I mean, I knew that they were expensive back in my day, but we were Payless Shoe Store kind of people. Uh, I couldn't believe walking into the DSW that we went into yesterday of how expensive the shoes were. And so we were looking for, for bargains and uh, discounts and, and, and whatnot, a lot of the stuff that they're getting rid of uh, for the end of the year. And my son... I told him, you got to get something. And so he went down this aisle and started looking for things. And after being upset by the price, the next thing that upset me is the fact that my 13-year-old, a guy who doesn't even have a mustache yet, um, he's a size 11 shoe. I went to try his shoe on, and I was swimming in it. And at one point, I was... My heart broke a little bit because he's not a little kid anymore. He's a big guy. And at the same time, 
even though I was swimming in his shoes, I was so proud of the fact that he is the tallest tourist on file, as far as I know. Um, I have this big kid. Uh, you know, he's about three inches taller than I am. I'm five to seven. And it's just this athletic, you know, good-looking kiddo, and I get to call him dad. And to a certain degree, yes, I, it made me feel a little bit old, uh, but it, I w it was overtaken by, by the pride of the fact that I have this big lumbering kid who I somehow, my wife and I have to figure out how to feed, and it's the greatest feeling in the world. So that was really cool. And then we went to go see the Blue Man Group, uh, which uh, is doing a tour here in L.A., and just enjoyed it. My wife and I had done Blue Man Group a long, long time ago in Las Vegas, and this was my first time seeing them in after 15 years. And they, they, they still put on a great show, and my kids were all into it. They were really confused by it in the very beginning because you don't know what the heck he's talking about, and it was a surprise that we were going to take them to see it. And uh, But th th those guys are a lot of fun. And if you haven't had the opportunity to go check out the Blue Man Group, I really think that you should. It's, um, I think it worked great with little kids. We went on kids' night, and the, the kids were gobbling it up. I do think that you need to be close to the action uh, because a lot of the emotions and a lot of the, uh, the humor really comes from their faces and their interactions. And if we were seated, seated a little bit too high up, uh, in the auditorium that we were in, we couldn't quite see all. But even with that, it's still a fantastic show and one that you definitely check out. And, and we had a deal where it was um, adult can take one kid free, and so it made it feasible for us to, to, to take them. The other thing that we will not be doing is go to Disney this year, and probably not for a long time to come, which is sad because... Um, I would love to go check out the new Star Wars land. My sisters have, and they grave by it. And I know that I would probably love it to to no end. But yesterday, we were so excited. They, they had a Disney or somebody reported that Disney was going to have special pricing for California residents. And it was going to be $67. So I'm like, holy shit, that's a really good price. And so I started looking up. I pulled up the link, started reading about it. And all of a sudden, I realized that it would be you have to buy uh, a three-day pass or something along those lines at 67 bucks a piece and so we have a family of four and when you do the math you end up spending about you know a thousand bucks or so on tickets to disney and could we afford it possibly i mean we would have to stretch and make it work because it, it really would be a frivolous purchase but at the same time i just don't feel like we should have to well that sounds yeah <laughs> i just don't think i just don't think it's worth it and i'll tell you why for us to be to, to we could either spend that thousand bucks on that or we could get whole day you know we can do your yearly passes for knots we could get yearly passes for magic mountain we could get yearly passes for universal studios uh with that kind of money um we could also you know go to a whole bunch of national parks which i you know is always fun and we're we're always camping or trying to go out on on into different hikes and explore new places there are so many places there's so many spots that we could best use that thousand bucks with uh and, and mind you that that's just for tickets never mind parking or food right and so i think it's the principle of the thing now that over my 42 years including I'll include my parents in this 
Disney has taken a good chunk of change from us. And the fact that they took over the Star Wars, that means that they're going to get some more money from us. Because, yes, I will go. I'll buy the movies. Um, spoiler alert. I enjoyed, didn't love, but I enjoyed uh, The Rise of Skywalker. I thought it was a good movie. I thought that, that, that it hit the spots. Was it perfect? No. Was it everything that I wanted? No. But like somebody told, one of my good friends told me over the, um, the holiday break, uh, and, and spoiler alert, I'm warning you now, I'm going to talk about the Rise of Star Walker and just one small thing, but the Wookiee got his medal. And that is redeeming. Um, I actually cried during that point of the movie because Chewbacca deserved the medal, and I'm glad that they righted a wrong that they got in Episode 4. But anyways, yes, I will go out there and buy because I have to be a completionist and own all the Star Wars movies, even though I probably will never watch the, the original trilogy again until I have grandchildren. Uh, if my kids want to watch it, then more power to them. We also got the Disney Plus because you had to do it. Uh, whereas I wasn't super excited and thrilled. Uh, well, again, I, I wasn't as excited and thrilled as I thought I would have been uh, about The Rise of Skywalker. I am excited and thrilled about Season 2 of The Mandalorian. That is a fantastic show. Yeah, my kids are huge fans of The Baby Yoda. I'm a fan of The Baby Yoda. I want that little guy to be all right. I care about him so much. If something were bad to happen to Baby Yoda, um, I'd probably be destroyed for a good 30 minutes. I'd be okay after that, but for the first 30 minutes, I would be inconsolable. So, But again, all of these things that we have given to, to Disney over time. So they, you can't say that I haven't supported the brand over the years, but when it comes to their theme parks, I don't know that my kiddos are necessarily missing much on not going. Because I was also thinking about it. Okay, so we spent the $1,000 for all of us to go to, to, to the Magic Kingdom. And then what? Because the lines, like, they're, they're astronomical as far as I know. And so we're basically going to go on maybe five to six rides, maybe, over the course of a very, very long day. I mean, it just seems hardly worth it. Now, you could say, well, Hugo, I have been to the, the Millennium Falcon thing, and, and, and it's a, an amazing ride. Uh, and yes, there's uh, the Indiana Jones stuff, and then there's a lot of stuff that the park will give to you. But I just don't know that it's, that, 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 that it's worth that kind of price. I don't know. You tell me. I mean, are you saving up to go to the Disney? Is that something that you want to do? Uh, and, and so you, the, the $1,000 actually seems like it would be a good deal for you. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be interested to know because I'm sure that a lot of you guys who listen to me from outside of California aren't paying that kind of price. I mean, we barely got it. So there's, so <laughs> there's that going on. I'm about to finish up my last season of, uh, of coaching. Um, and I had an interesting interaction. I don't know if I talked about this before, but I, I talked to a bunch of my players uh, at their last few games before the holiday break, and I talked about the responsibility in in the respect that they should have for the game with each other and for the people that come to play against us. And I had the, I had a talk with them in front of all of their parents at halftime during one of our game about what my expectations are. And so I'm interested to see what takeaways they got from that and then we go into playoffs and and I'm hoping for obviously a, a winning end to the season but even if they we didn't I feel much happier with the fact 
that I said my piece about the importance of sportsmanship in the game and that I hope that they will always take that uh, that they will take that for with them for the rest of our of their lives I'm back in the gym like a lot of people are for during this time of year trying to lose some weight and so I've been hitting my 10,000 steps. My wife was very nice to uh, my birthday to give me a fits bit, so now I'm obsessed with getting my 10,000 steps every single day. Um, but I didn't, But sometimes because I don't like to run just on the treadmill, I go. I've been getting out the basketball and going to the local parks and, and playing some basket hoops. And I was there, just kind of shooting on my own, having my headset on, listening to your podcast probably. And all of a sudden, this little Mexican guy comes up over to me and says, hey, would you like to play one-on-one? I kind of sized him up, and he looked, you know, maybe a couple of years my senior, and uh, he warned me, hey, I haven't played in a while, and I told him, well, I haven't played in a while, so sure, let's, 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 let's hoop it up. And for about 25 minutes there, we were trading back and forth, and the guy had a great jump shot, but because I had a height advantage, which is not normal for me since I'm 5'7", um, I, you know, I was able to, you know, back him up and uh, back him up and, and and shoot closer to the basket than I'm used to, and, and and my jump shot was actually working pretty well and okay. But one of the things that I noticed as this guy and I were playing is the fact that any time that I made a bucket or any time that he did, there was it was always followed with good job, good shot. Hey, oh darn, that didn't make it in. It was very complimentary. It was very encouraging. And what I realized is that that has always been my method of playing. For me, it's exercise. I'm not playing for any championships. And yes, I want to win as, you know, more than anybody else. But for the most part, I have a love for the game in its purity. When one guy's doing very well, I like being, part, being involved with that. Yes, do I like somebody sinking a bucket against me? No. But if it was a clean shot, if it was, if it was pretty, I will give them all the compliments in the world because they're deserved and vice versa. And this guy was doing that for me and I, and, and I was doing that for him. And so it was one of the, you know, it was a nice interaction after really having been, you know, I haven't played against other adults for, I don't know, maybe about six months or so. But even back then when I was playing, a, you know, I was getting up early on Fridays during last summer and playing basket hoops with some guys, uh, it, it, all the older guys that I played with have always been, for the most part, encouraging. They have all—they always want you to do better. They will compliment you. Yes, some of them cockier than others because uh, some of us have been playing now for 30, 40 years now. But everybody has an encouraging word to say, for the most part. And that makes you want to keep on coming back to the game. And that's what I'm trying to instill with my players. It's the fact that if you are going to play this game that you love for the rest of your life, then you got to get away from that cockiness attitude that it's all about you, yourself. And you got to give it up that there's, that there's a real virtue in playing within the team and that handing off the ball and trusting that somebody else is going to do something great with it, there's virtue in that. Anyways... So I'm looking forward to those playoffs uh, coming up. And then I think one of the biggest things finally is the fact that in about six months' time, I will have a kiddo that will graduate middle school, and I will then officially have a kiddo going into high school. And 
that's kind of bananas for me to think about. That I am going to be the parent of a high schooler, of a five foot eleven high schooler. I. I, I don't I, I don't know what to say that in, in so many different ways at age 42 I often feel like I just left high school these last I don't know 20 years have been a blur more than 20 years but they have been a blur when, I, when I'm playing hoops like I said the, you know the, the other day I felt like a high schooler I felt spry and, and running and hopping now my back felt it the day afterwards but during the game I felt fantastic I felt just like I did back when I was a kid or sometimes when I'm telling jokes or when I'm telling old references about movies that that I enjoy and love and, and stuff like that I feel like I'm like I'm a high schooler kid excited about a new toy or a new comic book that I've just gotten and all of a sudden now I'm gonna have a kiddo that's going to be in that actual sphere he's gonna he's gonna be an uh, a student at, at the high school level and I'm nervous for him and excited for him at the same time nervous because he will be I mean I guess I'm a proud dad but he's a good-looking kid he's a popular kid but not cocky in the sense of being a dick he's, he's cocky in the sense of he just knows that he's a smart kid and that he's capable and he's looking forward to the challenges of it, and so people tend to like the the fact that he's even keel. Um, so, I, I wor- some, sometimes I worry that I project on him too much, and that I'm really worried because I see him like I saw myself back then, and I was his pass. So high school, the first high school years were a little bit difficult because I was that I I didn't have his confidence. Um, I worry about the fact that if things have gone by so fast in the last 13 years, um, the next five will go in a blur, and then all of a sudden we have not a high schooler anymore, we have a college-age kid, and we're going to have to pay for that college. And how are we going to do that? And that's why this year has to be one of transition for me, because I have to, I've had it very easy in a lot of ways. Um, my wife is, is, is an amazing woman, and she has been able to carry the load financially of our household while I've figured out what it is that I want to do in this next phase in life. I've talked about this before on the pod, the, the, the challenges of a, a family in transition. And, but now it's, we have to figure out a way to take care of things. Um, and that will come in, in a New York minute. And so how do we go about that? And so that's why 2020 has to be a transition year for me because I, since the kids don't need me as much, um, I, I need to take on more of the load. So th- that's really weighing on my mind. And in addition to that, I also am mindful of my health because although at 42 I'm relatively young, I can't say that for a long time I took care of myself very well. I have told you all stories about, you know, how much partying and drinking and cavorting I did back in back in the day, and sometimes I feel that those chickens are coming home to roost, physically. And so I am very mindful of the fact that in the next eight years, if I don't take care of my body, uh, fifty, I'm going to be hurting seriously, and so. I'm doing everything that I can, and some days are easier than others to keep myself in in as, as good of a shape as possible. Also, because 
there will be, I hope for him in, in these years, there will be uh, competitive, you know, competitions, athletics, that they'll be part of his life. And so I would like to be able to help with that. I think one of the, my most proudest moments um, was last summer when he and I started going on runs and I was in really bad shape, but he had said that he wanted to uh, do cross country, my son. And I told him, well, I'll train with you. But when we first went on our first few runs, I was out of shape, uh, out of breath and hurting bad. And then by the end of the summer, I wasn't keeping up with him. I, I don't have his long legs and I don't have his speed anymore. But I was right there toe to toe. And then all of a sudden I realized that, you know, that, that, that I was athletic once, that I can be athletic again. And that although my son can invest me in, in, in just raw talent, I have experience behind. But I just want to be in better shape for myself. Look at that, 28 minutes, and uh, and this was supposed to be a short podcast. I think I'm going to stop it here. I will give you the opportunity to ask your questions and think your thoughts. I, I would ask you a favor, though, and maybe I should be doing this at the very beginning of the shows, but I do them at the end because I, I'm always shy about asking for help. But I would like to see this podcast grow. I would like to see more people listen to it and ask questions and interact with me on on the Twitter machine. Many of you who listen to this show know that I'm one of those folks that loves to interact with you, that likes to get ideas from your posts to me and and, and, and the conversations that we have back and forth. So go on the, whatever you listen to your to your to this episode of the shows and, and give a shout out let, let you know write a review even if, if there's something that you don't necessarily like let me know i'd like to you know address it and change it if i can but share the show with somebody let them know that i'm around subscribe to it if you you know if you'd like to so and, and i promise to have more regular content here from here on out um and in addition i would like for you to just have a terrific and a wonderful 2020 yes the world has challenges but you're a player in that world and you have power over yourself to a certain degree of making the best decisions seeking out help helping others and letting those that are supposed to speak for us know that we don't agree with conflict with people that we don't have no quarrels with no real quarrels with Okay? Peace.